You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for week five, let's call it, of our Star Wars Last Jedi countdown. We are done talking about movies that nobody really wants to talk about. And we're here to talk about the movie that everybody wants to talk about, but nobody really has anything new to say on. So we're here to bring you a lot of old opinions that we've probably repeated multiple times. Uh, Last Jedi preview is here. We are now days away from Star Wars Episode Eight, So uh, get ready to hear all of our exciting opinions, which is what everybody's been waiting for in their final lead up to uh, their Last Jedi viewings. My name is Colin. Let's just be repetitive here. And in the spirit of repetitiveness, my name is Ben. And breathe. Just breathe. Uh, that almost goes back to Attack of the Clones, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> breathing's been around a long time in Star Wars, apparently. They're stealing from the prequels. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think this will be interesting, though, because as I'm kind of joking. We don't really have anything new to talk about since the trailer episode we did. There's been some TV spots and a couple of new clips here and there. Uh, but we probably also have a lot to talk about, you know, some of the other spin-offs and everything that are coming up and new news about episode nine so some new things to talk about here but let's just start off uh ben you want to tell us where's your excitement level now for the last jedi as we're what about four or five days away from release now uh i mean it's starting to become real now i think it's, it's weird because like i'm sure you're the same as me that you remember the anticipation for the force awakens uh you remember the anticipation for the range of the sith you remember the anticipation for attack of the clones and and phantom menace you know it's kind of it's it's strange to kind of be here again and um yeah it's, it's exciting because you know it's it's this close i i kind of the other day uh when it was exactly a week away because i'd actually gone to the movies on wednesday night this week uh to see thor ragnarok and as i was leaving because i saw like a late session of it i was kind of leaving the cinema about the time i'm thinking oh this time next week i'll actually be entering the cinema because i'll be here to see the last jedi so it was kind of just like little things like that and at least at the time of recording this i'm about to today start my star wars rewatch i'm about to watch eight films in about five days um (laughs) so but i mean it's star wars so that's not a that's not a bad thing so you let that's fine um, but yeah, no, it's, it's very exciting. Um, you know, there's very few films, I think kind of that you get this excited for, um, you know, when it comes to like franchises, I mean, we all love movies. That's why we do a podcast on this. We get excited for it, but I think kind of you're the same as me. It's generally like Star Wars, Bond, um, you know, Jurassic, Jurassic Park for me. Like they're kind of the ones that you're just always so excited for that no matter what it is going to be like. So yeah, I'm I'm very much uh, looking forward to this. Uh, look, you know you're a massive Star Wars fan when, in anticipation for the new Star Wars movie, you're comparing it to how you were anticipating the middle chapter of the previous trilogy <laughs> and not like, oh, this is going to be a great movie. It's like, oh, this is kind of like how I was feeling around a week before Attack of the Clones. Um, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, every single Star Wars movie, it's like an experience just getting ready to watch the movie. And uh in rewatching the movies i mean i i'm doing the same thing you are watching them all in order uh including rogue one for the first time in a full rewatch and uh, i'm up to rogue one now but it was fun going through even through episodes one two and three because unlike the original trilogy in which i i was too young to see the movies i didn't even see the movie until uh, they were done for several years uh but with the prequels i mean i was there to experience you know what the fanaticism was like and mm. uh maybe we'll talk a little bit about you know our experiences of being there for those movies and how this compares but it's it's very different this time in a way it feels like as, as much as i'm excited for the movie it feels like it's missing something from you remember back in the day, I don't know if you had the same thing, but like when the Phantom Menace came out or Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, and there were just lineups and lineups. And yeah. uh, the big experience for me, and I think everybody knows about the the huge campouts for Phantom Menace tickets because this predated like online sales. I think uh, Attack of the Clones was the first one of the first movies that really offered, you know, buy your tickets online in advance. For Phantom Menace, you have to be there at the theater and they were doing uh, advanced release tickets. So one week to the day before the movie came out, you could go and get your tickets. Now, people camped out about two or three days ahead of time here in Winnipeg. And my brother and I were like, well, we got to get there. We got to be there for one of the first shows. And they were showing it around the clock. Like you go at four, five in the morning if you wanted to. And we were probably number 300 in line 
uh, for a lineup that ended up going to about 700 people by morning. So we camped out overnight and like, you'll never experience something like that again. So uh, I don't know. I kind of miss the days of, you know, having like uh, this huge experience uh, of going to see it. And now I'm just talking to so many people. It's not like people aren't excited for this movie, but it's just it's different when I'm talking to people like, yeah, I won't see it opening weekend. I'll probably see it, you know, a week or two later over Christmas break. Yeah. I mean, that, it's funny, actually, talking to uh, one of our obviously colleagues here on the show, Nick. I kind of said, like, oh, are you excited for, for The Last Jedi? And he's like, yeah. Probably just wait till it dies down and maybe see it on the weekend. And I'm like, dude, like, yeah. what are you, what, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, this is freaking Star Wars. Like, I mean, I've mm-hmm. only ever been to one midnight screening in my entire life, and that was for uh, the Force Awakens. So this will only be the second time I've ever gone to a midnight screening. Um, and yeah, like as I said, I wouldn't do this for like just any film. So I mean, I don't remember lineups and that kind of for in in Hobart at least. I mean, you know, I was twelve when. Uh, Phantom Menace came out, um, and we only had the one cinema in our city at that time. So, I'm sure there were. Um, but, I mean, I kind of just remember little things like, um, and I think I've said this before, they had like a, a proper like program that you could actually buy about the uh, oh, yeah. Phantom Menace, which I've got. I got one of those too. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I remember my mum, and I'd love to know actually if she's if it's somewhere amongst her stuff. I, I just only thought of this now. I remember her showing me... I don't know if it was in, like, for the first Star Wars or maybe like Empire Strikes Back or something, but she had a program from when they first released Star Wars, um, and it's from one of the original three, and I'm guessing it might be um, A New Hope, but that just kind of clicked in my mind that that would be somewhere too. So I'm surprised they didn't do that with like The Force Awakens. I thought maybe it might be like a thing they do at the beginning of each trilogy, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I remember, you know, Attack of the Clones and obviously Revenge of the Sith, you know, because I was a little bit older for those two, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't. You saw what Phantom Menace? What about like fifty times or something ridiculous? Didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, about half of that. Yeah, <laughs> twenty five times. Not a joke. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually one thing I say. I even remember the uh, the special editions coming out in like ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to see yeah. the Empire Strikes Back. I never saw the other two, but uh, I remember going to see the Empire Strikes Back in the cinema when I was like ten. So, um, but yeah, I remember even the hysteria around those and all like the merchandise that they were releasing and things like that. Um, and I actually, I'm just going through my entire Star Wars history. Uh, actually, it's behind me too. I remember when my dad got the original trilogy on VHS, and this is like the original, oh, yeah. original trilogy, the untouched version. Um, like 90, I was like five or six, and that's when I was like, oh, dad, what's this? And he's like, oh, it's Star Wars. You can watch it with me. So, yeah, I've, that's literally <laughs> behind me, the, the original trilogy on VHS. We've gone back to the beginning of Ben's life. Yes, there you go. <laughs> see what a Star Wars experience is. This is, is, this like. is the extent of the um, conversation on this episode because we've already kind of talked about The Last Jedi enough. <laughs> You know, it is fun, though, because, like, with The Phantom Menace, the, that lineup was so crazy, and the theaters just weren't prepared for it. Like, what happened here in Winnipeg was, uh, you know, there was six, 700 people by morning, and we originally, I said about 300, that's where we ended up. We camped out, I counted, probably under 200 people in the lineup, but they had no protocol for how to handle something like this, so... As soon as maybe 9 a.m. came around and the first employees opened the door to walk into the theater, there was just a mad rush of everybody storming the front of the theater. And there was no crowd control or anything. So instead of it being a lineup, it ended up being, okay, grab your stuff. We've got to try to get there. And like people who had camped out for three days ended up way at the back of the line because they just went to use the bathroom, you know? Um, and it was like, I, there's still news footage I have uh, where, you know, it, for hours and hours, we're talking like, a, you know, three, four hours of people standing in line just waiting for the theater to open. And that day they'd released all the like the the tie-ins, the posters and everything, you know, for Pizza Hut and Burger King and everything. And I remember the people in the theater dropping the poster and the crowd, like, you know, four or five, 600 people who were all visible there screaming. And then they drop another poster, you know, for a different character and people start screaming. And the theater staff caught on. So they started counting down from inside the windows. They're like, five, four, three, two, one. And they drop and like everybody's wow. screaming. There was like a giant chorus, three, 400 people doing the Imperial March it was, it was honestly the closest thing I've ever been to, to like a rock concert outside of a rock concert. Um, and that, I guess, theaters all around the world were so unprepared for this that when advanced tickets went on sale for Attack of the Clones, they didn't announce a date. And I remember calling the theater every day and they're like, listen, they're not telling us when it's going to be. And I think it was only four days before it was released. You know, they just kept telling me, call back and when it's eventually released, we'll let you know. And I called one day. They said, yeah, the tickets are on sale now. And I'm like, okay. And I just, you know, ran down to the theater, bus down to the theater. I wasn't running. <laughs> uh, 
and bought the tickets and was lucky enough to get in. But like they had to play mind games, even with episode two, to prevent craziness like that first time happening again. And like I said, I kind of missed that. But still, it's 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 always fun. And you know the crowd's going to deliver. And as I've been rewatching these movies, um, telling my wife Jamie every single time, you know, oh, when this part came up, I remember this was the reaction from the crowd. And it's not like your typical movie. I mean, people get very involved. You get like you know, huge pops of laughter for some things. You get, you know, cheering and everything. It's just, it's a totally different experience. So come the time the movie starts, I know the crowd's going to be there to entertain just as much the movie is. Which, you don't get this for any other movie. I mean, it's kind of like how we say, like, oh, one of the big, like, Star Wars is the biggest movie franchise. There's no question about it. I don't think you can, you know, I mean, I I know that technically more successful now is the MCU and all this sort of stuff, but you just don't get this level of, fandom and hysteria for any other movie series i mean maybe when the emoji movie 2 comes out i don't know but like (laughs) for the time being it's star wars but yeah i mean like you know i mean i know this is only going back two years but um yeah like i mean i remember no and i showed up to the the force awakens and kind of just completely underestimated like we thought like oh we've got tickets it's fine like it will be all good like we'll easily get in it's hobart you know show up like Mm -hmm. 45 minutes beforehand the line's already out the door around the corner uh, and this is because, you yeah. know, there's like four <laughs> different screenings at midnight and we've got a, like a half past 12 session and there's people like directing it like, okay, who's got the tickets to the midnight? 12.15 there, gold class, 12.30. And then it's kind of like, fuck, we're going to get popcorn and all this sort of stuff. And then um, I remember kind of, you know, just uh, if you haven't seen The Force Awakens and you're spoiled, like seriously, what the hell are you listening to this episode for? But like when Han Solo dies, like just the cinema, just you could hear the pin drop. And when like, you know, the, the opening credits start, everybody clapped. Um, you know, yeah. so yeah, I already said to Noah, like last night, I said, we're getting there at like 10, 30, 11. Uh, <laughs> cause you know, it's, this mm-hmm. is, a, we're going to the closest cinema to my house rather than the one in the city. This is only like a five minute drive down the road for us rather than going all the way into the city. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm planning ahead this time around cause, uh, you know, I'm not sitting up the front. I hate sitting at the front of the movies. <laughs> uh, we really don't have much to talk about as far as new footage or anything since the last trailer, but there are some things if you've been following the TV spots and um, the uh, international trailers and everything. And also, I, I, this is the one interesting tie-in that I will say I'm glad. And it was similar with, uh, I think, you know, episodes one, two, and three because of you know 20th Century Fox. You have the Fox network. There'd always be these tie-ins on Fox. And it's the same thing now with ABC. I mean, obviously... There was the Jimmy Kimmel interview that was out there, but uh, even the day before, I think there was some Disney uh, Christmas special, like from all oh the God, Disney no. worlds. Not another yeah, Star Wars it was just holiday people, special. <laughs> it was it was almost like that. Yeah, and Mark Hamill was there to give like a ten second. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. And was he stoned? They threw to like Mark Hamill was. I mean, he he looked very sober. So take the makeup <laughs> um, again. Was he orange again or? Yeah, yeah, no, the the makeup was gone, uh, the, the beard was real, uh, he kept the beard, which is interesting, not, you know, as big and bushy as before, but uh, it showed just a couple of extra clips, I don't know if you've seen a lot of it, some of the things I've seen just that kind of struck me, there's a lot more Poe Dameron stuff out there, especially on that one Disney special, uh, I kind of made fun of Poe in past podcasts, like who really cares about Poe, which is partly just a joke because, I mean, he doesn't have a lot to do in Force Awakens, but I think for what he had, very charismatic. I love Oscar Isaac as an actor. Uh, he was the one actor going into this that I was really excited about. Um, other than that, I think I saw in a TV spot one shot of Benicio Del Toro. They released a, like, a picture of him I know before now, but there was one shot of him on like the bridge of a starship, and he was just sort of turning around. He just looks like Benicio Del Toro. Um, the main thing I want to talk about, I'll bring up in a second, but, uh, anything that sticks out to you from some of the new footage we've seen over the last few weeks, maybe? I'll be completely honest. I haven't seen a lot of it. And I think it's kind of deliberately, I know kind of a lot of these trailers aren't really spoiling anything, but, um, I don't know. I kind of just haven't gone out of my way. Cause I kind of think, I don't know. I feel like I've seen enough in the trailers to kind of, you know, see it. I mean, I was, I saw the Jimmy Kimmel one that you recommended and I enjoyed that. Uh, I got a little bit fanboy over the fact that we finally got to like hear Laura Dern talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. and just her, like her being a huge Star Wars fan, it's kind of, it's nice to hear about these actors, um, <laughs> you know, who are obviously fans of these series themselves. So, um, and yeah, you know, being such a Jurassic Park nerd to have Laura Dern in this, I'm happy. But, um, yeah, I, I saw the one where Chewbacca's like flicking off the porg off the, uh, off the, the Millennium Falcon. Thing. Yeah. That's become a famous clip. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, I just want to establish this point right now in the history of the world that we are living in a pre-porg world 
We don't know if the Porg's the new Jar Jar. <laughs> so just remember this time, people, that this could really be the new hated character in Star Wars in, like, five days' mm. time. But, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've sort of not seen as much um, of them. Uh, and I think I saw another... Um, I think I saw something with Mark Hamill on, like, uh, the NBC Today show or one of those sort of morning shows that he was talking about it a little bit. And just, God, Mark Hamill's awesome. I just, you just want to yeah. talk to him. You just, you, oh, what a man. <laughs> what a man. What a man. That's a man right there. Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like, Mark Hamill has always been, like, one of my heroes. Like, just because I love Luke Skywalker so much. But also, everything I've seen Mark Hamill in, like, for years even before he got back into Star Wars, I'm like, he just seems like the funniest guy in the world. Like, mm. he, he easily could have been a stand-up comedian. And then, you know, even aside from that, I mean, he just has so much fun with uh, his own fame and everything. And he's just totally unpretentious. But it's just, isn't it also weird that, you know, we go back pre, I'd say, even Force Awakens, and there was an excitement about Mark Hamill. And now all of a sudden, like, the world's exploded, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Because I remember growing up, everybody thought Luke was uncool, you know? Han was the cool character, and now maybe it's just a different generation, or maybe it's kind of our generation, you know, who who did love Luke is getting older, and we have the voices now, you know? <laughs> We're yeah. the ones uh, telling you how it's supposed to be. And the world's just gone crazy for Luke Skywalker again. I mean, he is the poster boy for this movie. I always was more of a Luke fan than a Han fan. Not saying that I'm not a Han Solo fan. I mean, I have a brain, but... Do I? Yeah. Um, no, I, I? I just always was more of a Luke Skywalker fan. And I think kind of me growing up and like, yeah, it's sort of, I'd always, you know, when you eventually got the internet, you would kind of do things like, well, what's Mark Hamill doing? Like, oh, you never see him in anything. Um, and then kind of that's, you know, I learned like he'd kind of gone into voice acting and everything. And kind of, I think there was always like, you know, oh, he's just a bit like typecast. He'll always be Luke Skywalker. But um, I think kind of, yeah, like maybe it is just sort of, social media, the internet, and just how things have kind of developed that he's kind of really become a big deal. I mean, it kind of reminds me of someone like, I mean, maybe not as much because I realise William Shatner has done a lot out of Star Trek, but I don't know, William Shatner seems to have that kind of whole cult status around him too, doesn't he? And he kind of lives up to the the fans' perspective of it. So, And that's kind of one thing that I always appreciate about any actor or actress who has like this role. I know we've talked a lot about that on um, 007, about the different Bond actors, Um, and I always appreciate that about an actor who has kind of an iconic role. And who knows, in 10, 20 years' time, this this is going to be Hayden Christensen doing this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, hi, everyone, remember me? I still don't like sand, and I hate them. I still hate them. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, I, I just want to say, just something, re-watching the prequels, I think Hayden Christensen gets such a bad rap. I mean, he, he actually is a lot better in those movies than most people give him credit for, particularly when you compare him to Natalie Portman, who's I- as wooden as <laughs> uh, as wooden as the forests of Kashyyyk. I mean, <laughs> uh, she's just terrible. No. But, um, but yeah, like we might be there. And that's kind of, you brought up this poll that's online about who's the most hated character in Star Wars. And Jar Jar not only didn't finish at the bottom, there actually seems to be more of a favorable opinion. We even talked about that in some of our episodes that, you know, those people who grew up as kids, the ones that Jar Jar was the, you know, the, the character that was made for, they were the target audience. Those kids now are in their 20s, and they're like, well, I didn't mind Jar Jar as a kid. I mean, it's just like us. There's tons of, you know, characters that we loved when we were kids. We even finished the Ewoks movies. You know, we like, well, we watch, we like the Ewoks when we were kids, so we don't hate them like, you know, people who are in their 20s or 30s when Return of the Jedi came out were. Which is going to be the Pork situation, probably. But um, yeah, it's, Exactly, it's, yeah. The pre-Pork world. It's, um, it's so funny, like... We're not really talking about The Last Jedi, but um, Noah was sort of... Because he's been watching the prequels today, uh, this week as well, and he kind of said to me... Because I will say, Noah was going to join us on these episodes, but uh, sadly, he had to pull out at the last minute, um, which is a problem. He has been other issues. But um, he... <laughs> he... Um, he said to me, he's like, oh, I just just watched The Attack of the Clones. He's like, oh, underrated. He's like, these movies are underrated. Like, you know, I, I don't yeah. know why they get as much hate. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watching them. And uh, as always, that's one thing I, I would like to somehow see in The Last Jedi, which I doubt will happen, is more sort of references to the prequels, which, again, I know it's a lot of time has passed and kind of it's a lot of the time they want to kind of distance themselves from them, but... You know, I mean, my two dream cameos and returning characters, let's be honest, uh, Lando Calrissian and bring back Jar Jar. I would be fine with a Jar Jar returning, even if they just kill him off. I'm sure the fans would like that. (laughs) I just want to disagree because I I think there's this idea out there mostly from, you know, 
people on the internet, you know, the the loud voice people on the internet who say, oh, they're trying to distance themselves from the prequels, which really I don't think is true. I mean, the, the comparison people make will be like, oh, well, all the references they had were to the original trilogies. Well, because this is what follows that. I mean, how many references were we going to have in Diamonds Are Forever to Dr. No, seven movies in? You know, <laughs> it was, even if you look at the Roger Moore movies, I mean, they're going to reference the movies that came prior to that. It's not going to be going back that far. What can you do with something 60 years earlier? But particularly when you look at uh, Rogue One, you know, as much as Rogue One is a prequel to A New Hope, I just started rewatching again. Like, I started it literally an hour after I finished episode three, and I'm like, this has episode three follow-up written all over it. I mean, there's Darth Vader on Mustafar. There's Mon Mothma. They, they hired the actress that, whose scenes were deleted in Revenge of the Sith, you know, like 10 years later to reprise the role. They had Jimmy Smits in there. Um, I don't feel like there's really any distancing with the prequels at all. In fact, I've heard that there's something in this movie, and the only, I'll mention what the speculation is, but there's something in this movie they said that's going to be coming back that we haven't seen since the age of the prequels, which most people are speculating is going to be a different colored lightsaber. Hmm. I don't know if that's going to be it, um, but yeah, there's some rumors that like Mace Windu's purple lightsaber will come back. And, I think you know, it was like Mace knows, Windu's maybe, back. <laughs> Snoke is Mace Windu. Like, think about what happens when you get electrocuted and fall out, you well, know. we never uh, saw his body. Like, he got his arm chopped exactly. off and he flew out a window, and that's the age old rule in movies and TV. You don't see a body, they're not dead. My Snoke, ser- uh, my Snoke theory rules. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Mace Windu is Snoke. We've already oh. said Sindel is Ray, yep. and Mace Windu is Snoke. What a, what a, what, uh, how would that be? Samuel L. Jackson. You know, yeah. <laughs> takes off the thing. I've been angry. I've been <laughs> Screw the Jedi. Hey, you mentioned like Laura Dern too. We haven't seen any clips of her yet. Uh, I do have a bit of a complaint. I mean, not a complaint with her because I think it's great to have an actress like her in this movie, but does her look not look a little too Hunger Games to you? Like, I don't know how it fits into Star Wars. She just looks very Hunger Games. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen the Hunger Games, but I know what they look like, I guess. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I kind of, I've seen that, because it was on, was it Entertainment Weekly she was on the cover of, or they had yeah. all those different yeah, covers? Um, yeah, now that you mentioned, you, you're kind of right, and it's kind of, but I mean, I guess it's kind of, it's weird to sort of, um, you know, look at sort of movies now that come after these sort of other ones that kind of, you're always going to have these comparisons, I guess, but, um, I mean, hopefully we're just not going to have them. I mean, what are those movies about kids fighting each other or something shit like that? I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's just not like Laura Dern's got some kids. Like she's got Lex and Tim. Like I've transported these two from Earth. <laughs> they were little shits on Isla Nublar, and we're going to kill them <laughs> off. Raha. <laughs> Raha. <laughs> That's her one-liner. Uh, Rah! Sounds like a dinosaur, yeah. I, we really know nothing. We talked about the new characters last time. We really know nothing new about them other than the fact that uh, this new character, Rose, uh, the actress, Kelly Marie Tran, was on the Jimmy Kimmel interview in which she basically said nothing at all. I mean, what did we get out of that Jimmy Kimmel thing? We got that Laura Dern was a big fan, that she loves Chewbacca, uh, and the first words spoken in this movie are we're. Yes. <laughs> W-E apostrophe R-E. <laughs> What does that tell us about the movie? Really nothing. I did, uh, I a did like, um, I was just going to say, I loved like Jimmy Kimmel just like kind of being a dick to like the director. Like, what happens? Like, tell us, come on. Like, you know, who, yeah. who are you? What relation are you? Where's Lando? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's Lando? That was the fun one. Because we know now Lando's not coming back. Um, and so I not also at all, ever, like ever coming back. Is that kind of the official line? I mean, line? at least... Yeah, I mean, if they were going to bring him back, they would have done it by now. Maybe they'll throw him a cameo, you know, in the final movie. Oh, but they have um, to. Come on, like that. I mean, well, maybe this is like the biggest marketing ploy to keep it completely secret. Um, you know, yeah. surely you've got to bring back Lando in some capacity. Come on. I mean, I, I think I told the story on here about how Billy D. Williams is partly responsible for, you know, uh, my being born. But, um, <laughs> uh, but like, I'm a huge Lando fan, but... I think one of the things that I'm excited about for this movie is that it seems like Ryan Johnson is dispensing with, you know, all of the uh, the glorifying of the original trilogy. Like, The Force Awakens, we talked about this before. Two years later, does it hold up as well as I thought it would be? Probably not. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll say, you know, my rankings, what I would have ranked this at two years ago, Force Awakens, very different from where I rank it now, much lower now. Um, and I've heard some interesting complaints recently one person was saying that uh 
the the Force Awakens when you really rewatch it now, other than Kylo Ren and maybe a little bit for Rey, there is absolutely no character development. Like Finn, yeah, there's a lot for him to do in the movie, but like it's not like the, his character develops. And I kind of am feeling that going to Episode Eight. Like, do I care? that they're bringing back every character on the sun? Do I care that uh, General Hux is back? Do I care that Captain Phasma is back? Uh, I certainly don't care that Maz Kanata is back. By the way, the worst character in Star Wars history is not Jar Jar Binks, it's Maz Kanata. Um, <laughs> I don't think, have we ever talked about Maz, Ben? Are you excited that Maz is coming back? Butthole eyes. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I I don't know. Like, I, I had no opinion on her. Like, I mean, it was just like, yeah, it's like new Yoda, not even Yoda. It's just like mm-hmm. new random little alien thing. And again, like seriously, legitimately since the Honest Trailer, like I just think she's butthole eyes. So, um, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I, I kind of, it wasn't like when I first see the cast for this movie when it's released, like, oh God, I hope Moz is back. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of one of these ones who I really hope Phasma has some more stuff to do because I mean, Phasma seems cool. And it's kind of just like, you know, and I know there's a bit of... Phasma seems cool, yeah. Ph- Phasma's got a bit of fandom. I feel Phasma's kind of the new Boba Fett. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, look, I, just, I honestly don't give a sh- shit either way about Moz, Maz, whatever her name is. Well, <laughs> I mean, how, what's your opinion on how The Force Awakens, or do you agree with me that two years later it almost feels... Here, here's what I'm kind of getting at. When you look at... The common complaint of Superman Returns, a movie that we both have vocally said on the show we love, mm-hmm. uh, the common criticism is that it was a little bit too uh, much of a tribute to the originals and too much reverence, that it wasn't enough of its own thing. And I kind of feel the same way about The Force Awakens now, two years removed, is that uh, particularly with the plot, it was just a remake of A New Hope in so many ways. Uh, and even just... I know I think that people misinterpret like the involvement of the original cast where they're like, well, you know, it's really just, you know, they want to put more Luke and more Leia and more Han out there. I don't feel outside of Han, I don't feel like any of the other original characters had a lot to do. 3PR2 had nothing to do in the movie. Chewie had a little bit. Leia had a couple scenes. Luke didn't speak. Uh, But when you look at this is going to be a weird thing to say. When you look at the billing uh, during the end credits and on the poster, do we need top billing of Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford again, is that helping us to buy into these new characters when every promotional material out there and even the end credits are telling us, no, these original characters are the most important ones. Like, do we really care about these new characters enough? It's that fine line, isn't it? Um, Where people want the return of them, but you've also, yeah, got to establish new people to build a, Mm -hmm. a franchise around. And... I mean, this is what we see a lot now, isn't it, in kind of this age of movies when there's sequels and reboots and everything. I mean, you know, I mean, I kind of, you look at Jurassic World, I mean, that's essentially almost just Jurassic Park remade uh, and kind of, you know, the the amount of nostalgia thrown down your throat with that. So what are we going to get in the second one? So it's kind of, yeah, it's it's kind of a similar thing. And a bit like, I think the interesting thing with it is, um, like, you think of the, like, the prequels, kind of they didn't have to rely too much on that because i know it's sort of a different thing because you're not following up from the original trilogy you're going back in time to kind of tell this story that we all know but we want to see it play out so yeah you're going to have your obi-wan sort of in there you're going to have yoda you're going to have a few that you know but for Mm -hmm. the most part like this is all about new people like i mean anakin's technically new because we've only seen him as darth vader you know padme we never knew who uh, luke's mother was so you know kind of things like this Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting how they kind of have to toe the fine line with that. And I mean, for sure, you know, of course we want to see what happens to Luke, um, you know, more than just standing on an island and looking like surprised. (laughs) Um, so, you know, of course there's that level of it, but I mean, if they want to build a franchise, I mean, they've already announced that there's going to be another trilogy after this, whether or not that's following on, Mm -hmm. you know, from episode nine or that's going to be set in between other ones. I don't know if that's been officially announced, what it's officially going to be. But I kind of uh, think yeah, kind there, of. there will always be, no doubt, some form of episode 10, 11, and 12. I mean, this is Star Wars. It's going to, you know, always kind of be built stuff around. If Marvel can produce, like, 17 movies in 10 years, I mean, come on, Star Wars is going to do something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of, like, I like it when we can get things that are all set up and kind of new and everything along those lines too. But at the same time, it is kind of... I always, like, that was always my thing after the original trilogy. Like, what happened to, to Luke and all that? Because I didn't read. So, like, you know, I wasn't going to read the uh-huh. books and things like that. So, yeah. Um, 
a couple of things we could talk about some of the things about the story that we know uh one is i think it was andy circus that came out and actually talked about uh, a little bit about snoke and who snoke is i don't know if you read any of that oh sorry red <laughs> what's that mean uh, red yeah <laughs> But have you heard any of the things about Snoke yet? No, no. Again, I, I, mean, it's, I just kind of just haven't really gone out of my way to see You're as on, much of it. Yeah, blackout. Yeah, um, I'm not not well, blackout. I mean, Andy's... I'm not going to avoid it. Like, Don't talk to me, Colin. Right now, I'm blocking you out. Yeah, like, yeah. Like... <laughs> You're on the wrong episode. <laughs> uh, but Andy Circus, I guess, kind of just described Snoke as being like this really ancient being, and that as far as his physical appearance goes, he kind of described him as a person who. You know, somebody with osteoporosis who's just twisted their body and contorted in every way imaginable to just preserve their life. And in a way, I think that gives Snoke a little bit more depth. And I'm more excited about Snoke than I thought I would be because Snoke just, especially appearing as a hologram, just sort of seemed like, yeah, it's the, like a lot of things in Force Awakens. It's just the Death Star over again. It's just yeah. the Emperor over again. Um, but he seems different. And also, we really don't know if Snoke has any type of Force powers as well. I mean... Does he have force powers? Is he just this great, you know, political mastermind? You know, what is he? Who is he? Who we is all, he? honestly don't know. But just this idea that he's old and decrepit and that his physical appearance is him doing everything to prolong his life. I mean, that sounds kind of interesting to me. He's kind of like Joan Rivers or something like that. But, um, I mean, she died. Um <laughs> I was going to be like, exactly. Then I'm like, well, that's disrespectful, Ben. <laughs> I like Joan Rivers. I'm not trying to be mean. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's this is, I think, the thing which is kind of also exciting about not knowing. It's kind of, you know, like we've discussed before, at least with the prequels, that like, yeah, we have episode one going into episode two. Oh, what are we going to see? And kind of all builds up to episode three. And as much as we're excited to see what's going to happen, we kind of know what's going to happen. We're like, well, clearly at yeah. some point in this movie, Anakin's going to turn into Darth Vader. The Empire's going to be uh, established. There's going to be the Death Star. I think we just know what's going to be set up. Same with like Rogue One. Like, you know what's going to happen. Whereas like, this is what's exciting about the this trilogy is that we really have no idea what's going to happen. It's not like mm-hmm. they're basing these off the novels that were released afterwards and things like that. So it's where someone like Snoke, and this is where like, this is, I think, where it kind of leads into how successful and everything, too, that we live in this age of the internet and Reddit and Twitter and, you know, everything where people are speculating and just have all these things, so Snoke theories. Um, and I don't know, on that Jimmy Kimmel thing, that guy who was in the audience, who was it like, <laughs> he's, that's actually uh, Steel Saunders, who's a prominent comedian here in Australia who has a very popular podcast in Australia called oh. um, Steel Wars, who, if you follow Catherine Kaneen, one of our long-term listeners, oh, yeah, yeah. she used to be, she doesn't ever comment anymore. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> Um, she's too busy listening to Steel Wars. She loves him. Like she's, she follows him everywhere, basically. So that was yeah. actually him. Um, that's why they were joking about him being Australian. But um, yeah, this is why it's like so exciting to kind of think about what this could be with Snoke and just the theories. And I, I could just imagine, like you know, the people, the writers and the directors, and just everyone involved in these would just be sitting back, probably just reading these, just laughing their heads off. Yeah, um, exactly. Which the thing I find interesting though, too, given that what well, Ryan Johnson with this. And kind of coming off the back of J.J. Abrams. And J.J. Abrams is doing uh, episode nine now, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. So, the fact that, you know, I love the fact that J.J. Abrams, you know, obviously famously known for sort of co-creating Lost, which kind of just had all these questions, whatever. And kind of, I just felt so much of that in The Force Awakens, like, you know, with Moz. Like, that's a story for another time. <laughs> like, you know, just like yeah. little things like that. So, um yeah, I mean, I know we're going to be looking back on this in, like, five years, ten years' time when we've seen these movies a hundred times and going, oh, God, remember when everyone thought Snoke was this and Mace Windu could be Snoke and, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, whoever guessed but it, who it was going to be known? Jar Jar. Uh, <laughs> well, who would have known that we were right about Sindel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, again, also what kind of going back into the very beginning of this episode, what's so exciting about this is just kind of, you know, the speculation and just not knowing. So, Yeah. Um, and, and I think the other thing to really talk about is the whole raise parents thing, which I think I've been pretty vocal on here and saying that pretty much everybody's theory on that's terrible, except for there's one out there that, you know, maybe a little bit, uh, interesting, but this idea, and this goes back to, I think some of the negative reactions of there being too much reverence in, uh, the force awakens too much nostalgia where it wasn't its own original thing, where everybody thinks that. Oh well, whoever her parents are, you know, they're gonna have to. She's gonna have to be related to somebody. It's gonna be like an, you know, Mace was your father, Cindo was your mother, <laughs> and I just don't see them going that way. I see Ray as being an original character, and people try to use the argument. Even Mark Hamill said this. They kind of asked them this question somewhere. It's like, you know, 
who were Ray's parents. And he kind of teased and said, you know, this entire series, all of these nine movies are about a family. And he was kind of teasing that. But that's the argument people try to make with Ray and say, well, she's going to be a Skywalker. And I've said a million times, you can't have Luke have a child. She's not going to be Luke's child because why is he going to basically do the same thing that, you know, drove his father to the dark side? Uh, and, you know, obviously she's not Han and Leia's as people try to say, well, she's Han and Leia. She's Kylo Ren's sister. Yeah, which is why Kylo Ren has no idea who she is. And that's why <laughs> Leia and Han don't recognize her. People try to say, well, she's Obi-Wan's granddaughter. Yeah, because Obi-Wan is the only person who actually witnessed Anakin turn to the dark side because of his wife and children. So he figured, let me pick up some of those of my own. Uh, Ray's not going to be connected. The whole idea of this being about family, people forget Kylo Ren is the family. I mean, you didn't have... It, let's say these movies have been released in order. Episodes one, two, three, and then came four. Do you really think we were going to start episode four and everybody's like, oh, wait a second. So I know this Luke guy because his name is Skywalker is Anakin's kid. Well, who's the other? The, who's the other one? Is that Leia going to be? Oh, well, maybe this Han is their cousin, yeah. and this Chewbacca was their childhood pet. Like, <laughs> not every character is going to be connected. People will say, "Well, maybe Finn is Lando's son." It's like, no, just Kylo Ren. Just leave it at that. Let other characters be original creations. Yeah, no, I agree, and it, I mean it's fun to speculate, but um, it is kind of one of these things that if you really do like, like you just went over there, like logically explain and. I mean, are they going to go, like, for the big Empire Strikes Back twist in here somewhere? Are we going to get the Luke, I'm your father moment of this episode? Uh, so, mm. I mean, sure, they might go to it. Because, of course, you know, we'd love that. We we loved it in the Empire Strikes Back. Well, I'm sure, you know, audiences did back when, you know, we weren't born. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of, it's it's interesting. And, and like... You know, I came out of the Force Awakens, obviously, you know, thinking and speculating, but, like, I'm not one of these ones who was, like, going to, like, oh, fuck, no, you're so wrong, it's definitely, she's definitely the daughter, like, blah, 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 it's kind of just, like, (laughs) you know, I mean, like, to me, like, like, yeah, I can get that's a question, but I I feel like, you know, the grand scheme of things, when we've had all nine of these movies, I still think one of the biggest questions surely has to be, was Shmi really, you know, um, immaculately conceived Anakin? Like, I mean, come on now, like, I want the backstory of Shmi's orgy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. And again, having just rewatched Revenge of the Sith, I remember the post, because there's the other thing that's going to come. Even when the series is complete, there's the post-movie theories. We're like, well, maybe there's something to this. Uh, the, the thing I mentioned about something coming up since the prequels mm. for the first time has been, well, the lightsaber color is what people are speculating. And then they'll say Mace Windu. And then people have these theories that the reason Mace's lightsaber was purple was because only people with a purple lightsaber would, em- would have embraced both the dark and the light side because it's a combination oh. of red and blue. And it's like, no, you're just twisting everything around now. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't really want to give a lot of theories, um, but I just want to tell everybody how much their theories suck, kind of like yes. Mr. Steel Wars. <laughs> uh, only other thing to really talk about in terms of story that we know that's new, and again, you haven't seen a lot of TV spots. There's one, if you catch it, that scene where Ray is like vibrating the earth and the earth cracks. And then there's the scene where she's chasing Luke underwater and he has that this is not going to end the way you think. There's one other line in there when he's kind of training her, I guess, and she vibrates the ground, which gives it a different context. And it's basically Luke warning her. It's like Ray's in a trance and she's doing this and and he's like, Ray, stop, Ray, pull pull back, don't do this. Uh, and it's kind of him warning her to not go somewhere, which... The real question I have is, is this this movie going to be, because all the talk has been, even from Mark Hamill, that the way Luke is in this is like, he's he's a broken man. Uh, Is it going to be that Luke is advising her not to do something that could turn her to the dark side? Like, he's seeing the potential for another person to go Kylo Ren's route. (laughs) And the other thing that uh, is in that one TV spot is that Rey says to Luke, you know, Kylo failed you, I won't. And I think that's kind of what this movie's going to be. The only question is, is it going to be, you know, this is him trying to prevent Ray from turning to the dark side, or is it Luke is just so jaded by what happened that he's afraid to do anything? That like, well, anybody's going to turn to the dark side. He's got some serious PTSD. Um, yeah, exactly. Clearly, but uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen. I will have to maybe check it out. But um, I think that's kind of what's you know more pressing a lot of the way for me that I'm more intrigued about than you know who's where does Ray's lineage come from? It's kind of you know what the hell happened to to uh, Kylo Ren to make him evil from Luke. You know, if, if, like, this is Han Solo and Princess Leia's son that turns evil to me, that's more of a question. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of intrigued to kind of see how that works around Luke and, 
you know, everything along those lines with that. So um, that's probably more intriguing to me than kind of, yeah, Snoke theories and Ray's family theories. And I, I think the other question is, you know, we talked about this in the trailer reaction episode. Is this movie about Ray turning to the dark side? And I, I kind of am getting a sense of where this movie's going. And I mentioned in the, the trailer one that I think a lot of what these trailers are is trying to mislead the audience. And we can go all the way back to the promotional uh, posters, the TV spots and everything for Force Awakens that showed Finn with the lightsaber and didn't show Rey with one. And I think most people kind of had the idea, well, maybe both of them are kind of Jedi in training. And then we really find out it's not about Finn. It's about Rey. And that was the big surprise. So I think we are going to get a lot of that. Uh, I, I do feel like to have Rey turn to the dark side, maybe this movie ends with Rey joining Kylo Ren. And the next movie's about, you know, uh, both of them being redeemed, or maybe she does this to try to redeem him. Like, who knows? I honestly have always believed that this series is going to be about... If the original trilogy was about Darth Vader turning to the dark side and the second trilogy was about Darth Vader turning back, this one's kind of like a guy caught in the middle. He's not quite all the way turned, but he's not quite, you know, redeemable yet either. But it's just interesting to think about how far they might go with this. And if we did have Rey join Kylo Ren in here, maybe her kind of all this stuff in the trailer about I need somebody to show me what my place is and Kylo Ren extending his hand it's because Luke kind of turns his back on her. It's like, I'm too afraid to, to you know train you or whatever. I honestly feel like this series is going to be about the battle of Rey knows she needs somebody and Luke isn't willing and Kylo Ren is. And it's sort of like, well, do I go with the guy who I know is good for me, but doesn't want to have anything to do with me? Or I'd go, go with this guy that's not good for me, but he can actually help me. And I kind of feel that we will get probably not till episode nine, um, the conclusion is that Kylo Ren will probably be redeemed and probably will turn back good again, just similar to like a Darth Vader moment. Um, whether or not he dies, sort of in the pro- I don't know. Like, and ma- who knows? Maybe Ray goes undercover. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll go to the dark yeah. side, uh, Luke, and we'll try and get him back. Um, so yeah, I mean, I-, I would like to see that. Like, I I am always a fan of the bad guys. Uh, I'm that type <laughs> of person, so. You know, it's not gonna. I, I'd be kind of. I think it'd be cool to kind of see Ray turn evil, go to the dark side, um, and then you know, I, pff, who comes in to save the day? Uh, pff, Hux. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, General Hux is the real hero of the story. <laughs> she takes off a mask. No, I would not stand <laughs> for this. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of think it'd be intriguing because, like, you know, like that that trailer definitely kind of when he holds his hand out and we talked about that in that reaction one it's kind of like oh is this just throwing it out there to make it look like she's really going to turn or you know because clearly she won't or is that then in itself meant to be a double take like you know oh but people believe that she won't but she really will so the trailer's right um so yeah i mean as always it's kind of going to be exciting can i just just think i quickly remembered on that jimmy kimmel thing like you mentioned about how nobody really spoke did adam driver say anything like i know he kind of said like two things but then like he just kind of yeah. sat there and chilled. <laughs> I like Adam it. Driver. I, mean, but <laughs> I do too. I mean, it, it's in comparison to the other ones they've had. Um, I don't know if they had less time with this or something, but like I saw the Force Awakens one they had and the Rogue one they had with those casts. Uh, maybe they just had too many people out there. Uh, and I think it's also just there's so much of people wanting to hear from, you know, Mark Hamill that I don't think anybody really talked. I mean, I remember uh, hearing daisy ridley say maybe two or three things so they, they really has been just mark hamill's taking over the world that's what we're gonna say i just um yeah adam driver just just reminds me so much of my brother-in-law but um you know after seeing logan lucky this year and i just love that viral one that went out after the force awakens where it was like um undercover boss kylo ren um like god i love adam driver he's so cool i want to hang out with him <laughs> uh Let's move on to talk about, as I said, some of the other things that are coming up. Most notably, Episode 9, as you mentioned. J.J. Abrams is now directing it. We haven't had a chance to talk about this. I wonder if we have any opinions. Obviously, the original director, Colin Trevorrow, he's the guy who did Jurassic World. People were kind of excited when he was first hired to do it. And then you mentioned, I think, on the Clone Wars episode we did last week, that uh, you know Jurassic World has kind of suffered a you know, similar thing to like the the phantom menace where people were crazy about it when it first came out and even critics crazy about it and then a year or two later they're like it wasn't as good as we thought it was Mm. uh i I didn't see anybody crying when colin trevorrow was let go from episode (laughs) nine um but i will say at the same time i mean i think obviously bringing jj abrams back in it makes sense just because 
whoever's making this movie needs to start working on it now. And we know that even if it's just been like uh, a formality as an executive producer, he has some connection to this trilogy still. And he also is up to speed. He knows how to work with Lucasfilm. He knows how to work with Disney. He knows how to work with his cast. It was probably the only choice to bring him in. But I think there is also a lot of fear of, is he just going to do what he did with New Hope? Is episode nine just going to be a remake of Return of the Jedi now? Uh, just from my own experiences, having watched J.J. Abrams, he's probably the filmmaker or showrunner, if you go back earlier in his career, who learns from his mistakes the most. And, you know, you talked about Lost. Uh, you could see how Lost changed a lot throughout the years. Uh, Alias, a show he probably was involved with a little bit more heavily throughout its entire run. Uh, completely different show from start to finish. And every year, whatever complaints the critics and the fans had, he found a way to rework the show. And even if you see that in Star Trek, I don't know if you've ever seen his Star Trek movies. Oh, but I've seen the first some, one. Yeah, like some of the complaints people had with the first one, you know, he corrected on the second. And then they complained about the second, and he said, well, fine, I'll just do Star Wars instead. But I'm not really worried about J.J. James coming in. I, I do kind of like the idea of having a fresh take, and I think what we're seeing in The Last Jedi shows that, like, Ryan Johnson uh, is bringing something new I'm hoping if J.J. Abrams does episode nine, it still feels different from all the other movies. I think J.J. Abrams to me kind of, I always associate him and Joss Whedon in kind of a similar category that kind of, they've just got a reputation that kind of, you know, no matter what they do, they've got like those fanboys and girls that would kind of like come along with them with their projects. Um, and I think mm-hmm. kind of the thing that I'm learning a lot too with him um, through our Lost coverage is that he actually barely was involved in Lost. I mean, he co-created, yeah. directed, 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 uh, like two episodes <laughs> and only wrote like three episodes. Other than that, it was it was all down to, uh, you know, Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof. So kind of, yeah. he actually, like the reputation he kind of gets through the Lost jokes about like, oh, you know, twists and all that sort of stuff, really not down to JJ that much. But um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, like the original trilogy were all directed by individual directors, weren't they? Like they, we didn't have... Um, yeah, yeah, like George Lucas for episode four, Irving Kirscher for five, and then Richard Marquand for six. Where obviously a lot of people complain the prequels uh, suffered because Lucas did all three. So, mm. I mean, I was kind of excited where we could get, like, a different director for each of them. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it gives their own unique take on them. I, I mean, having just caught up on all the Marvel movies, I, I you can see that in so many ones. You know, I noted that so much on Ragnarok uh, based mm. on how that was. Um, but, yeah, I, I was kind of excited that. But, you know, like, I, I like JJ. Um, you know, pretty much everything I've ever seen that he's done, I've enjoyed... So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, I'm just saying he's involved in, uh, your, your baby mission impossible. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, next year. So yeah, uh, I think it'll be interesting and kind of like, you know, like, <clears throat> excuse me, it's in- interesting. You mentioned about like how, you know, will he turn it into like return of the Jedi? I guess kind of, we'll see how much the last Jedi is like the empire strikes back. You know, if we walk out of this <laughs> next week and go, holy fuck, they're just remaking the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're like, oh, okay. We see how episode nine's going to turn out. So, um, but I would have liked to seen uh, Colin Trevorrow uh, do it as well. Because, I mean, you know, obviously we'll talk a little bit about Jurassic Park and Jurassic World and all that sort of stuff on our Jurassic Park month and kind of on our trailer reaction that's already out now. You can listen to it. Um, Great yeah. episode. Had a lot of oh, fun doing it. Amazing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, you know, I guess we've, we've got JJ again and, uh, you know, we'll see how that, that plays out. Last thing I really even have to bring up here is the um, uh, the new trilogy, which you kind of mentioned, which uh, when it was announced, it was basically just they're giving it to Ryan Johnson. And I honestly live in a perfect world. They probably wanted Ryan Johnson to do episode nine because it seems like, well, A, he delivered a movie very quickly. He didn't, you know, uh, drag his feet. Uh, even with J.J. Abrams, and I'm not, I'm a fan of J.J. Abrams, you know, Alias is one of my favorite TV shows. I love Lost. I love Mission Impossible, Star Trek, pretty much everything the guy's done. But he couldn't make Star Wars on his own. He needed a lot of other screenwriters involved and all that. Ryan Johnson wrote and directed this movie himself. And he also turned in a story treatment for Episode Nine. But it's just impossible to make Episode Nine back to back. What they did was almost a week or two after J.J. Abrams was announced, they said, Following episode nine, we're going to have a new trilogy of Star Wars films that's completely unrelated to the nine episodes we've seen prior to this. And what they've said is that it's actually going to take place in a completely different galaxy. Um, So whether or not we even see Jedi and Sith or the Force or lightsabers in this new one, I don't know. In a way, I feel like 
that's cool because there's so many things you can explore without having to be tied to the Republic or the Empire or the Jedi and Sith. But at the same time, I think, am I that excited about a whole new trilogy if I can't see a lightsaber? The lightsabers is the thing that's throwing me off, to be honest. Like, you need a lightsaber fight. So, yeah. I don't know. That's a Jurassic Park galaxy. trilogy with no dinosaurs. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I still think it's a really interesting idea, and that's pretty much the only way you could go. I mean, yeah, you could do an episode 10, 11, and 12, but, you know, what are you going to do? Wait for Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, and John Boyega to be in their 60s before you do it? Um, you're just going to start completely new? Well, then it's not episodes 10, 11, and 12. So it seems like the right direction to go in, and I'd be interested to see what ryan johnson would do and how he would tie this to make it feel star wars like if it is in a completely different galaxy with really nothing connected to this how do you do that isn't there always rumors about sort of like a knights of the old republic or something like going way back mm. in time or something like that as well because i know those video yeah. games were very popular um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's it's interesting to think that because um yeah what can you do like lightsaber kind of is central to star wars as anything really um you know so i mean it's in- interesting and the force and the, well and the force exactly but i mean having said that i mean i remember the day when they said disney bought star wars and we're making a new trilogy i was like oh okay fine <laughs> are anna and elsa in this one <laughs> yeah didn't, didn't expect that but sure um so yeah it's kind of you know and we're obviously here talking about it exciting and it's kind of at the moment all working out so i'm sure that in 10 years time, 15 years time when it's out and probably the biggest things ever. Um, you know, it could be, it could be great. It could just be a Gungan trilogy. Like, you know, let's find yeah. out the history of Jar Jar and co. Um, but I mean, I just, we're all waiting for the Obi-Wan movie too. Are they still doing standalones? Oh, like, yeah. or are they just giving up after yeah. the Han Solo movie? I mean, the other one that was supposed to be made was the Boba Fett one, which was going to be directed by, uh, Josh Trank, who did, a great movie called Chronicle, and then a terrible remake, or not reboot, of Fantastic Four. Right. Uh, and from what I understand, that movie's on hold. They're saying we still want to make it at some point, but you know, it's it's not currently in development. The Obi-Wan one is. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned this on here or not, but like Stephen Daldry, who's making it, pretty much every movie he's ever made has been nominated for either Best Picture or he's been nominated for Best Director. I mean, Billy Elliot, The Hours, um, uh, The Reader. Uh, it's just endless. And it's it seems like getting a director that respectable to do a Star Wars movie, it's going to be cool. And plus, Ewan McGregor will be coming back. But that movie, again, is still in development. They've got somebody working on a script. They've hired a director. They know they got Ewan McGregor. It could be two, three years before that ever even comes out. Which is exciting because, I mean, like, that's the one I think most people, you know, because I think, like, as much as Rogue One was decent and it kind of, you know, basically was a movie to fill in a plot hole... Um, Mm -hmm. like, I want to know what the fuck was Obi-Wan doing for, like, 30 years in the desert? Like... Apparently having a lot of sex and making a lot of babies. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, there's just always random things I think about in the Star Wars universe. Like, I'm not the only one, of course. Uh, you know, I'm by nowhere near the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. Um, but, yeah, I just like that one. It's like, you know, okay, fair enough. He goes into exile. Why does he... When did he change his name to Ben? Like, you know, when did he forget he had the droids? Um, you know, at what point did he creepily hang out with Aunt Beru and, Aunt, you know, Aunt Owen and Luke? Um, so, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop for a second just because on, if you listen to our Clone Wars episode, I poke holes in people's thing about how come Uncle Owen doesn't recognize 3PO? How come Darth Vader doesn't recognize 3PO? You know, and I say how dumb it is that people would even ask that question because a droid's basically an appliance um, and they didn't have that much involvement with them. The whole Obi-Wan thing... When does when do we ever see Obi Wan on screen with three PO? Never. Uh, well, at least R two though. Come on, he hangs out with R two a lot. When did he hang out with R two though? R two was on Padme's ship along with about a half dozen other R two droids. How's he going to tell the difference between them? And then in Attack of the Clones and you know Revenge of the Sith, he's Anakin's droid. You know and. Obi-Wan and Anakin don't even really do that much together. It's just like, oh, let's go on this mission. So, so what we're basically learning is poor old 3PO and R2-D2 are just forgotten about by everyone because they're just poor old Nobody poster. cares about 3PO and R2, <laughs> yeah. That, and again, having just watched the, the prequels, I love the moment where Anakin's like, uh, it's 
like 3PO and he actually kind of recognizes him and he's funny Anakin recognizes 3PO before 3PO recognizes Anakin but then when uh, 3PO is introduced he was like oh Padme so good to see you and just the look I'm going to say it's because Natalie Portman is as wooden as the Kashyyyk oh. Forest but her response is delayed and then she's just like stop laughing 3PO. Jamie <laughs> <laughs> Jamie doesn't like Natalie Portman either oh God. but if you watch her Jesus you watch her response she basically goes hello 3PO and it's sort of like who are you? Which dishwasher were you? <laughs> My favorite bit, I think, is when um, Anakin on, on Phantom Menace is leaving, basically, you know, he's off and going. And what does he say, like, the 3PO is just like, it's okay, I'll come back for you maybe one day. And he just, like, leaves. Yeah. He's like, oh, hey, Mom. I'll make sure like, Mom doesn't sell me. Oh, yeah, that, you. that's Tell it. me. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dick Anakin. Like, that's why, like, you yeah. know, he turns evil. It's because he's a dick to 3PO, his favorite toaster. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping we get more three PO and R two in this one too. I mean, I know we see them; uh, uh, they're on the poster. I guess they must be in the movie. But when was the last time we really had? I mean, if you think about it, Attack of the Clones is the only non-original trilogy that's really used three PO and R two a lot. And even then, it's sort of just in a couple of scenes. So I mean, I want a movie where three PO and R two are central characters again. I can barely even remember what they do in Revenge of the Sith, like. <laughs> Really nothing. I mean, R2's in it a lot at the beginning. Yeah. You know, he's on General Grievous' ship, and there's that fun stuff where, you know, he's making the elevator go the wrong way, and he's in fights with droids. But, yeah, 3PO is is just a butler. He's (laughs) serving tea. (laughs) That's all he does in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, Yeah, we went over that, didn't we, in one of our episodes in the last month, just... My random love for just the childish humor in Attack of the Clones. Like, oh, yeah. I'm quite beside myself. Die, Jedi, die! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it, too. <laughs> uh, was there anything else you want to talk about for Last Jedi? Oh, just, again, the Porgs. Uh, what are we going to be the saying? The Porgs! Oh, I'm nervous. <laughs> You're nervous. I'm excited for the Porgs. Partly because, uh, you know, my baby son loves the Porgs, but yet won't watch anything else star wars but a pork shows up on tv for two seconds it's like oh, oh well i was i mean like i know what they were trying to do with bb8 and i was just kind of like eh, bb8 like okay sure but you know like i'm like it's at least i remember the trailer like for force awakens and you see bb8 i just had no opinion on it I'm like okay cool it's the new droid but like the pork this time around it's just it's just nerve-wracking to kind of think what it will be i mean it could be the greatest thing ever i mean you know as i've always said i've I liked ewoks so we'll, yeah. we'll have to see. And those dog things, Man. those like wolf sort of Pokemon oh, looking yeah. creatures. Yeah, those ones look a little, the effects look a little bit weak on that. But again, you know, seeing it on TV is different. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're only days away from finding out. So everything on this episode, by the time you listen to it, hopefully you haven't seen the movie yet. You're probably like everybody else in the world and you say, I'm going to wait for two or three weeks to see it. But we're going to be there opening day. You've already said it. I've said it. We have our tickets for first showing, basically. Is that the same for you? Yeah. Uh, 12.01, uh, 14th of uh, December for us, 12.01 a.m. So uh, we got our tickets. And, um, yeah, uh, it's 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 exciting. And, I mean, you get a midnight show. I've talked about on these how upset I am that we don't get midnight shows anymore. Uh, we get on the 14th the 7 p.m. show, and it's a long movie, so it's not going to be over. I mean, it's two and a half hours, so it'll be yeah. over like 9.30. You know, by the time I'm home, it's going to be 10, 10.30. I'm hoping I can jump on a record right away because that'll be almost 24 hours, I guess, after you've seen the movie by the that, time I see it. Yeah, so that the 4th of Thursday, that'll be Friday for us. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, should be able to. Uh, we're just planning this live on air. But um, uh, <laughs> I have to work that out. But, we're basically saying we're getting the episode quickly for you. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we can always record it when Noah and I have seen it and you haven't seen it yet. Like, oh, my God, Jar he's back. Holy crap. Yeah. I we'll, won't be listening to that episode just well, to we'll, protest. <laughs> we'll we'll record um, kind of what we did with Spectre. We didn't do it for the Force Awakens because we weren't obviously we were doing Survivor Oz days. We didn't have this, but um, yeah. yeah, obviously when Noah and I went and saw Spectre, we kind of um, did our little preview thing. So yeah, I, I kind of said to Noah, I'm like, we'll do a little preview thing, and then we'll do like one as soon as we leave the cinema that we'll tack on to. Uh, I, d- mm-hmm. I don't know the spoiler free or the spoiler one. It depends what we say. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I'll be doing the same because I'll be seeing it with my nephews. So if you love them in the Spider-Man Homecoming episode, uh, which, by the way, I just want to say, I have one nephew who likes Spider-Man 3, and I don't know if they ever heard our show other than the one segment they were on, but 
this one nephew of mine keeps saying, I think Ben really likes me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, because I like Spider-Man 3 too. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I usually said they were... Why did I say they were idiots? What did they like? Because they liked The Amazing Spider-Man 2 or something like that. The Amazing but, Spider-Man 2, yeah. Yeah, oh, but like... But then if, the one likes Spider-Man 3. Well, yeah, he's, he's a cool dude. I do like him. He's right. <laughs> Well, yeah, so we'll have lots of people on there to talk about it. And two episodes, as we mentioned many times. Uh, so really, the next time you hear us, we're going to be telling you all of our opinions about the movie that don't give away spoilers. And then a companion episode for those who have seen the movie, which is hopefully going to be everybody, except for all the lazy people who can't go for two weeks, <laughs> that uh, we'll give away the spoilers for. And we'll tell you about Sindel and Mace Windu <laughs> and all the other uh, characters. <laughs> Sindelwindu, yes. Ray is Snoke's daughter. <laughs> the daughter of Sindel and Mace Windu. Uh, but I guess that's the next time you're going to hear us, and there'll be the last time we'll talk about The Last Jedi until we recap it or come up with six other episodes to do it like we did with Spectre. Well, I'm sure we'll um, yeah, do, like, it's been two weeks since release, so it's a two-week anniversary issue of The Last Jedi. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flat joke, move on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, until... Next time, uh, make sure to continue to subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Please like us on Facebook. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're almost at we're almost at five thousand. We're like we four thousand four hundred. So we need six hundred of you to get to five thousand. So come on, people. Six hundred of you people who are desperate to uh, hear the post porg world reaction on the last jedi please like our page we want to get three to 5, more 000. itunes ratings and then we get to 10 we're stuck on seven let's let's get us to double yeah. give us a christmas <laughs> present all right come on yeah, christmas for the oz network yeah. uh, my name is colin and let's just continue to be repetitive <laughs> my name is ben and breathe just breathe Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.